Sal Berry. Like a Facebook relationship status, it's complicated. And Tim Parrish. This is the dumb card that shouldn't be here. This is the Puck Junk Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Puck Junk Hockey Podcast. I'm Sal Barry and with me is Tim Parrish. And today we're going to talk about the 21-22 Upper Deck Ice Hockey Card Set. Yep, you heard right. 21-22. We are traveling back in time. No, not really. This set just came out a couple months back. You know, part of the joy of a weekly podcast is can't get to everything in one show and sometimes things come out and we talk about it when we talk about them when we get around to it but uh, what's funny about the set is it's a 21 22 set that came out at the end of 22 23 but it also includes a bonus 2021 pack and then the set also has 2019 2020 update cards so it's kind of all over the place as far as like the content that's put inside of upper deck ice or at least 2122 upper deck ice but uh we'll talk more about that so tim how are you this fine fine time we are recording could be morning could be evening we don't know doesn't matter when you listen to this is important not when we record this but how are you doing as of this recording Well, I would say on a scale of one to punching someone in the face, I'm about uh, wishing someone would stub their toe really hard. Oh, okay. That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So it's normal. Because that's their own fault and not your fault. That's not like... Yeah, so I'm right about at a level of a normal day ending in Y. That's good. That's good. I like that. Yeah, I had a pretty good day today. I opened some cards. But one thing is that I uh, recently launched the Puck Junk Newsletter. As I said in the first issue, whatever you want to call it, I guess it's an issue, not a paper issue. It's an email, but still in the newsletter, I just basically said, you know, there's a lot of hobby. You could print it out and it could be paper. You could. You could print it out. You could laminate it. You could put it on your wall. You could print out a hundred of them and put one in everybody's mailbox. That would be cool. Put it on the bulletin board at work. Yeah, exactly. Like by the water cooler so people could read it. I mean, we don't have a bulletin board, nor do we have a water cooler. I might just hang it on the wall. But what I was going to say was there's a lot of newsletters and they're either about all the sports, but really not hockey, or they're about investing in sports. And I just wanted to do something that was about hockey. And so I did. So, you know, we'll see. Of course, the last thing I need is another thing to do. But then again, you know, because got the podcast, got the blog post, got my freelance writing for a couple different publications. So it's like, do I really need another thing? But sometimes you, you make the time for these things. I think it'll be good for the hobby of hockey card collecting. So if you want to sign up for that, you can do so at puckjunk.com slash newsletter. Uh, overall, the response has been positive. I got a couple people who replied who were like, way to go. This is cool. Very informative. I had a couple people reach out to me, either replying or on social media, and they basically say, oh, here's a set of cards that you didn't add to your list. You can put this on for next time. Or there's an upcoming autograph signing that you should know about where you can mail in your stuff to get signed. Here's the info for that. So already other people are like, basically just kind of cluing me in on stuff that's going on. And this is great because then it'll help everybody who collects hockey and hockey cards. All about cultivating our fellow hobbyists and keeping them away from basketball cards. Oh no. I mean, they could collect basketball if they want, but I just think that like, 
you subscribe to certain newsletters and it's either going to be these are the hottest cards right now that you should buy or it's going to be like the new tops chrome super refractor auto set series three bowman boosters is now available and it's just like there's just well, this so- year would be the taco fractor because that's what everybody's talking about i the taco fractor have you seen those cards no they're just they're something it's a refractor but it has pictures of tacos in the background that'd be cool for a deadpool card i think there's going to be some kind of promotional tie-in for it but i don't know who knows i don't collect baseball so it doesn't matter like the world series promotion where somebody if somebody steals a base base, yeah Yeah. i think that's what it's going to be but I, I don't know. They're very short printed, so they're hard to pull. Once upon a time, I collected baseball cards. We all did once upon a time for one reason or another, either just peer pressure, osmosis. It was there and something to buy, whatever. But, you know, it's like everybody's like, I, I hate it when like it's like Tops wants to know what should card number one be and let's have a vote on it. And it's like, there's so much about baseball cards, but baseball is not the only sport. It can be the biggest, most popular sport, but it's not the only sport. Yep. And time and time and time again, I get into conversations. I use air quotes, conversations with people on social media that I quickly bow out of when people go on and on about how, Uh, I wish this company was still around or I wish that company or I wish there were still cards of this. Guess what? There is. They're all hockey. Yeah. You want upper deck hockey. You want Fleer hockey. You want Opeachy hockey. So either come over there or just realize that this stuff still exists, just not for your sport. Right. Anyway, I'm not here to teach those people. I'm here to teach the people that want to learn our listeners. So speaking of listeners, we recently got a new five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and actually- a Five review. stars? Yeah. Out of 10? No, out of five. What? Impossible. So those of you who've taken the time to rate our podcast, either on Apple, Spotify, or whatever, thank you for doing that. If you haven't done so, please do so, because that actually helps us. The more ratings we get, the more that helps our podcast grow and get better- placement on the list on apple podcasts the more listens we get the more likes we get the more ratings we get and then when somebody actually writes in a review all of that helps so if you have time to do that if you could just spare a minute or two of your day and do that for us that would be huge but i want to read this wonderful glowing review that we got from i think his username is darth corgi did i read that correctly i think it's corgi like the dog oh corgi sorry from Darth Corgi. Okay, yeah, likes dogs and likes Darth Vader. Darth Corgi has left us this glowing five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and he said, awesome chemistry of the hosts moves the conversation along in a natural and entertaining way. Podcast is very knowledgeable on the subject of hockey cards, but the show also touches upon the world of hockey, the teams, players, history, and fun insights about this beloved sport. Wow. Well, thank you, Darth Corgi, but I think you left that comment on the wrong podcast. But that's cool, though. We'll take it. I think he left it on the right podcast because it says, moves the conversation along in a natural and entertaining way. And we have a rapport. We're entertaining. Yeah. I suppose. 
and I think touches on the other things is a nice way of saying goes off on tangents. <laughs> tangents. Tangent is our middle name. Right, exactly. But yeah, hey, I'm thrilled. Every time we get a positive review, that just, you know, brightens my day a little. So I'm happy. So thank you for that. And if anybody wants to top that, please do. Like I said, every little bit of support helps. Upcoming releases. Okay, a couple of things that came out in the past, a couple of things coming up ahead. Just going to focus on the month of August, just because dates are subject to change. So I don't want to talk about stuff that may or may not come out in December. But anyways, in August 6th, we had President's Choice Trading Cards came out with a set called Lumbergraphs, which is basically hockey autographs that were on a hockey stick that were cut off the stick. So the stick is cut and then mounted on the card, hence the term Lumbergraphs. There's also vintage paper cuts, which is where they cut up an old document. Think of like a program or a ticket stub or a piece of paper that you might have handed to Art Ross back in like the 20s or whatever to have them autograph. So that's vintage paper cuts that also came out on the 6th. August 10th, we saw MVP come out at Hobby and Retail. I was this close to buying some retail at Target, but I didn't. But I'm probably gonna because I always fall for MVP and we'll definitely talk about MVP on a future show. Um, I'll definitely probably get a Hobby box as well because... You know, it'll have that one in, I don't know, 1,200 odds of getting the first overall pick card. And we know who that is. Eh? Eh? I have no clue. Yeah. Connor something or other. Never, never heard of him. Yeah. Connor Bedard, for those of you who haven't heard. That's August 10th. MVP came out at Hobby and Retail. August 13th, then, President's Choice came out with another set called One of a Kind. It's actually a set that they've done before. It's basically like a jumbo piece of jersey memorabilia. But, I mean, these are really nice. Like, a piece of patch. Not a piece of a white jersey, but a piece of, like, the logo or of a letter or a number or something. So that's One of a Kind, and obviously they're One of Ones. August 16th, Upper Deck Stature, 21-22 Upper Deck Stature. August 23rd, we got 22-23 Upper Deck CHL and 22-23 Upper Deck Black Diamond. August 30th, we'll have 22-23 Upper Deck Skybox Metal Universe. And we'll have 21-22 Upper Deck Ultimate Collection. So that should round out the month of August crazy that we're getting like two metal universe sets in the same calendar year and we're getting two of a lot of the same sets in the same calendar year but you know upper decks playing catch up and they're getting caught up quite nicely well they dropped the sale sheets for 22 23 skybox metal universe too like a week or so ago oh yeah you see anything yeah. of note uh i don't know if you look at the box breakout Mm-hmm. You get like three rookie cards, like the premium prospects in there. And I guess the retros this year are 98, 99 Metal Universe retros. Huh. Must Plus be you like get... basketball or something because they didn't do hockey that year. My point exactly. So you get three of those. You get like one insert, one acetate card, and then five other random inserts. Mm-hmm. But that's it. There's no guarantee anything really so i think there's eight autographs in a case but they're not guaranteed one per box so i don't know we'll see 
Well, we'll box is kind it's of It's going to be I popular. Am. Yeah, but it's going to be popular regardless because people love metal. So, I mean, it's a super popular product. Yeah, it is. I mean, I was I was super excited when it came out for 2021. I liked the FLIR metal sets back in the day. I mean, we did a whole podcast about the two FLIR metal hockey sets. Those were a little more zany. At least one of them was a little more zany. This is a little more subdued. Unfortunately, the parallels, which show like the planets and stuff in the background, those are, sorry, I say parallels. I meant to say inserts. Like the insert design is what I want the regular set to be designed like, but whatever. Usually like in the past two sets. Well, there's some interesting names for some of the insert sets. Like one of them is called Bottle Rockets. Okay, I like it. There's one called Jarring. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know what it means other than guys that knock other guys' teeth out. A jarring um, hit. Yeah. Metal Ore was one I saw, and Flash the Glove, which I'm hoping that's an all-goalie set. Hopefully something that might be die-cut. Who knows? I don't know. Like the shape of a glove or something? Yeah. They they were limited on the pictures that were on the on the sheet for now. So, But I don't anticipate this coming out for a while. Yeah, it's kind of like Upper Deck's in a little bit of a hurry to try to get product out. It's kind of hard because they're like they're balancing. They don't want to put out too much stuff at the same time, but they kind of have to because they're trying to get caught up. And then people are going to buy it anyways. Like if you're going to buy metal, you're going to buy it whether it comes out in the middle of the season or if it comes out at the beginning of the next season because you like that product. Just like you buy OPG at the beginning of the season and OPG came out more towards the end of the season or you know, like March or whatever, and you bought it, you're you're still going to buy that set because it's what you like. People who collect a certain set aren't going to be like, ah, well, that season's already over. I'm not going to collect those cards anymore. It doesn't work that way anymore. It used to maybe once upon a time, like when Topps couldn't sell its 1952 Series 4 baseball cards because all the kids wanted 1953 baseball cards. And finally, Top said, all right, screw it, and threw it in the, what, in the harbor? All those Mickey Mantle rookie cards that sank to the bottom of the ocean? Well, we're not going to be behind forever. Eventually, they'll get caught up. And then that'll be... Whether in order to get caught up, it's to not have certain releases for a year or two, just to skip over some things, then so be it. Mm -hmm. But they're going to have to start doubling up if they want to get caught up. Right. To use it in terms of, like, social media engagement. You post videos every day on YouTube a couple times a day. You don't get that many hits on all of them. You post one a week, you get tons of hits because people like to see things stretched out. Well, and if it you're was just like doing it constant, like, oh, here's a release, and then here's a release, and then tomorrow there's another one, and next week there's another one. And it's like, I haven't even got caught up with the last five. I would see this a lot when I worked in the comic book store. Where if too much stuff came out in the same week, people would be like, oh, I'm already buying enough. I want that new Batman miniseries, but I'm already spending 50 bucks in comic books and I can't really afford another book. You know what I mean? Like, or another two books or whatever. But then other times there'd be like, oh man, nothing really came out this week. Just Spider-Man and that's it. And I'll read that in a half an hour and then they'll look and go, oh, okay, maybe I'll check out this miniseries or whatever, right? So it's kind of like when there's not a lot going on, you're maybe a little more willing to buy the cards or to try the cards. You know what I mean? Like, you know, maybe I'll try a box and if I like it, I'll collect it. Yeah. 
as much as I've kind of shied away from the buying new product stuff, mm-hmm. the allure of busting, no pun intended, because no I pun like, intended, yeah, I would, I would like to open allure, but you know that whole luster of just, oh, this came out, I better go buy a box. This came out, I gotta go buy a box. I just, I mean, the first boxes I've opened in a long time were those few that I bought from the national. That's it. I don't think I've opened product in at least six months, mm-hmm. if not more. And I kind of feel better about it because all my money has gone to buy singles and individual cards of things that I want so I can knock things off my checklist rather than a giant stack of cards to make a new set that I'm never going to finish and then a bunch of inserts that I'm never going to get rid of. And yeah, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So, yeah. So turn on the presses. Make as many sets as you want. Right. I'm not buying any of them. Wow. That's a bold statement. I try not to speak in absolutes. I mean, you're still going to buy Series 1, Series 2, Extended Series, and Opeachy. At some point. So, I mean, that's your jam, you know. I'm going to buy Series 1, Series 2, Extended Series, Opeachy, and uh, Metal Universe. And then maybe, you know, maybe a little SP Authentic. I guess it just depends. I mean, I like Allure. But I probably would rather just pick off the singles that I want versus, like, trying to get the whole thing. I mean, I like OPG Platinum, and that's one that I, you know, at least try to build the base set for. So, I mean, everybody has the sets that they like. Platinum Um, I usually buy because you at least get one on-card auto in a box. So it's not as devastating when you open this box of nothing. Right. So I opened a box recently of 2122 Upper Deck Ice. So let me just give you guys the rundown of what is in a box. So you get six cards per pack, and you get 12 packs in a box, plus one bonus 2021 ice pack. You get your six cards per pack, 12 packs per box, and then there's a 13th bonus pack that's a 2021 pack. So couple of the things that they boast on the box, all autographs are hard signed, meaning signed on card. It says, look for exclusive 2021 and 2122 exquisite collection cards. Collect at least two Ice Premier's rookie acetate cards per box on average. And right now the boxes are selling for around 110. They were selling for 130. They seem to settle down to about 110 now. Now, as far as the breakdown of the set, not counting the inserts and parallels, which we'll talk about later, it's a 250-card set. Cards 1 through 100 are the base veteran cards. Cards 101 through 150 are the base rookie cards. You get one per pack, 12 per box. What's nice about the base and the base rookie cards, I mean, I like the design. I'll talk more about that. And on the back, they only have one line of stats, and that's okay. I kind of like the backs of the cards because they're very clean, very minimalist. I like the design on the front. I'll talk more about that in a minute. But basically, so after cards 101 through 150, then the next 100 cards, 151 through 250, are also rookie cards. But now these are the ones printed on the acetate, the Ice Rookie Premieres. And you get about two or three per box. It says two per box on average. My box had three. So these are serial numbered out of between 99 to 1299, depending. Like 
the ones that are like 151, 152, 153, and so forth, those are numbered out of 1299. And as you get closer to 250, then those are numbered out of 99. Basically, the more desirable rookie cards are going to be numbered to 99, and the less desirable rookie cards are going to be numbered to 1299. And as I mentioned before, these are printed on that see-through PETG plastic. So they're, you know, they're plasticky cards. And I like them, and I've said this a million times, and I'll say it a million more. I wish all hockey cards were printed on this kind of plastic, because then cards would be a lot easier to keep in good condition. Anywho, so yeah. Everything so can't be a 10, man. No, I know, right? Unless you got a little inside deal going on with Beckett, right? Wink, wink. Well, uh, they don't do that. No, never. Rating companies are on the up and up. As far as parallels, there's 11 different parallels of the set. There's the black, which are numbered one out of one, so you only get one. I mean, there's only one copy of each. There's blue, which are numbered out of 599. Red, which are numbered out of 399. Royal blue, which are numbered out of 99. And then gold, green, ice blue, lavender, and orange versions, as well as gold patch parallels and jersey parallels. As far as insert sets... I'm not going to list them all out. There are 60 different insert sets. Did but you some say 16? 6D, 60. I'm yeah. sorry. I think 16. we lost our connection here. Did you say 60? I'm just kidding. We didn't lose it. I was just making a joke that that's a lot. 60 different insert sets. Now, some of those are 2019 20 update cards. Uh, you did mention that those were in there. Yeah, update. Oh, they got some 1718. 18, 19, and 1920 update sets. And then, you know, all the exquisite stuff. That's also counting the 2021 bonus pack cards, which they're counting, even though it's like a set, it's considered like an insert set because it's not its own standalone set, even though it is, it's an insert set of the 21-22. So it's, it's kind of convoluted, but some of the ones that stand out are Shrines, Sub-Zero, Ice Crystals, Signature Swatches, which I did not get one of those. Ice Premieres Retro, Frozen in Time, Exquisite Collection Rookies, Ice Premieres Autographs, and so on and so forth. And then uh, the bonus pack, just to get that out of the way, the 2021 bonus pack has three base cards and one special card, which can be black, green, ice blue, lavender, orange, or royal blue, or it could be like an autograph or something, you know. So there's a lot going on with ice. It's complicated. Like a Facebook relationship status, it's complicated. So the 19 stuff would have been in the 2021 product as the update. But yeah. since they canceled the 2021 product and then decided later on, you know what, we already have this stuff. Let's just shove it in this product. So now you're shoving two years worth of stuff into another product right yeah that's a lot that's a lot because just like we were saying you water down the market if you start releasing things too much this is like releasing things too much only they're all in the same box it's like three sets all in one and i've said this before with insert sets collectors get so overwhelmed they don't even bother collectors like a challenge they want a challenge everybody's desire for what that level of challenges varies. But I mean, for me, a perfect challenge would be like, 
here's a complete set in a box. You must open it and put it into pages. And I'll be like, oh, damn, I got to put them in order first, right? Okay, that's my threshold for a challenge. Some people are this like... This is clearly not a set builder set anymore. It no. might have been at one point in time. And clearly it was, even just doing the base cards and not the short print ones. But yeah, 100 base cards, it's going to take you forever well, to put this okay. together if you were buying boxes. For the 2021, yes. For the 21-22, no, because you get like 30 of those base cards per box. So the current... 30, the, but there's 100. That would need at least three boxes, if not more. Plus, you're going to get all the 20 and all the 19 stuff, too. Right. But at the same time, there are 50 base rookies to collect, and you get 12 per box. So if you bought four or five boxes, you would basically... you'd build the base set you build the base rookie set and you'd have you know probably around 10 or so of the ice premieres you get an autograph per box but like maybe getting a better autograph you know like the more you buy right versus if you buy one box you might hit it big you might not you buy five boxes law of averages blah 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 and so forth it sounds like you'd have to go all in on a case in order to get anywhere close the messed up thing though is that like at a show, you'll find a f complete base set for like 10 bucks eventually because someone's going to bust a bunch of cases. They're only going to care about the hits. They're going to build the base sets if they don't just throw them in the garbage and they're going to sell them for like 10 bucks just to get rid of them. I mean, when I went to the Fall Expo last November, I was buying sets of like SP authentic base for like five bucks. 10 bucks i mean like nothing and it's sad because you say wow it would take you three 100 boxes to build the base set that right. someone else is just going to sell for ten dollars <sighs> so you really got to want to build the set yeah, you really yeah, got to want to buy it and get those other cards something like this puts that into perspective look people aren't running out and buying ice for the sole purpose of building a set because, again, this isn't a set builder set. But having multiple NHL seasons mixed within the same brand, that's crazy to me. I mean, I get it. It happens sometimes that you have to do that. But really, when people are buying ice, they're not chasing after the base cards. What do people want in ice? They want the ice premieres, and they want the exquisite cards. I mean, that's really what they've gone after over the years. And that's the ones that bring on the premium but now you've got ice premieres from three different seasons as well as exquisite now imagine this you buy a box of ice you get an ice premieres of kirill kaprizov from 2021 yeah that'd be pretty cool but then my question is is would there actually be an aftermarket value for that card or would people still be like nah it's not a young gun i don't care be like, but this is a really hard card to get. It's yeah, it's gun. gonna. It'll have some premium. I mean, look, the high value guys generally will carry across the board value, but you're not going to be doing the same thing with Spencer Knight. You're not going to be doing the same thing with Quentin Byfield. You're not going to be doing the same thing with Trevor Zegras. They're not going to pull what they normally would. Cole Caulfield might to the right person. But most of that 21, 22 draft class that's in those, that's 
I don't know. I mean, there, there's the guys that you you would pick out of there. Like some of the ones I just mentioned, or maybe even like a Jeremy Swayman. Right. You know, throw him in that mix, or even Moritz Sider, Mason McTavish, maybe. Lucas Raymond. You know, so there's a few guys that are going to carry that. But you're right, it's nowhere near what somebody's going to go out and get one of those young guns for and get them graded and they're going to grade a 10 because there's 78,000 more that are also grading a 10. But yeah, that's just crazy to me that you have all of that in one product. It's a lot to take in. So I'll tell you this. I do like Ice's design. I mean, Ice for me is kind of hit or miss. Overall, I've generally liked Ice over the years. I like the set because it looks like the player is kind of busting out of like a wall of ice. I mean, that's not actually what it's illustrated to look like, but that's kind of what it reminds me of a little bit, just the way you kind of have these jaggedy lines on either side of the player. And then behind them, it kind of looks like you're looking into like the fortress of solitude that Superman lived in, in the Superman movies, you know, he didn't live there. He just kind of hung out there when he needed some me time. But I like the design of, the base set and the base rookie set. I think that saying here's your best 50 rookies and you get 12 per box. I think that's okay. I like one rookie card per pack. Now I know these are not the ice premier rookies. Those are serial numbered and a little more desirable to have, obviously because they're serial numbered and they're printed on the clear plastic and whatnot. But if you wanted to like collect ice and just collect cards one through 150, it's attainable and you'd have the 100 best players and you'd have the 50 best rookies. But then if you really wanted that challenge and say, you know what, I want that numbered out of 99 more cider ice premieres rookie card or I want the numbered out of 799 Philip Gustafson ice premieres rookie card. You could build that too as well. Penguins legend. Penguins legend, right? Yeah. Philip Gustafson. Yeah, pictured in a Sens jersey, but now he's with the Wild as of this recording. So that's the other thing that kind of throws me off about opening quote-unquote old product in the new year is like, I look and I go, oh, yeah, that's right. He used to play on that team. You know what I mean? Like it always throws me for a loop to see a card from a couple years ago and the guys changed teams like once or twice since then. It's kind of funny. So as much as you like the base cards for this year, what about the 2021s that were stuck in there? What about those base cards? I don't like them as much. I thought that design was like already been used. I feel like I've seen that design before, maybe on an ice product, maybe on SP, but it looks very similar to something I've seen. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. You get one, two, three. You get five cards. I said four. You actually get five cards per pack in the 2021 pack. I said four earlier, it's actually five, because mine had three base cards, an ice premieres. I got Ty Delandria. I hope this kid pans out, because he seems to be the only Dallas Stars card I ever get from 2021. I look and I go, is that J-Rop? Nope, it's Ty Delandria. Is that Jason Robertson? Nope, it's Ty Delandria. Every time I pull a, a Stars rookie card from 2021, and then I got like a gold card or whatever. He played uh, all 82 games last year for Dallas. Ty Delandria did. Yeah, he's 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 moving up. So I guess the thing is, is that like if you printed 2021 cards and you got to get rid of them somehow, why not put more of them 
in the box? Or why not make it two bonus packs? Now, before you say two bonus packs, that's crazy. Here's something funny that I just want to point out. Because 13 is an uneven number, and they didn't want to have the pack shift around, they put in a piece of foam at the bottom of the box that was the size and thickness of a pack to basically like bolster it up so that one extra pack wouldn't slide around. You know what I mean? Because they're always in an even number, but because it was an odd number of packs, they had to put something in there to just kind of even them out so one wouldn't like move around in the box when it shipped. I thought that was interesting. You sure that's not a manufactured patch of a piece of ice? Nope, it is a piece of foam. Also, you know what's funny is that I kept getting decoys. Like, I get that, like, they put the decoys in there because people will be like, ooh, this is a heavy pack. It must have a jersey card in it. And, no, it's a decoy. But what's funny is that, like, you'll get, like, three decoys, and then, like, maybe one will be, like, not a decoy and be, like, a jersey card. But I got, like, four decoys in my box. But then what was funny was that, like, one of the decoys was packed with a jersey card but it was like kind of thin for a jersey card it wasn't like super thick but i was just like i kept thinking okay is this the one that's going to have the patch auto nope it's a decoy is this one going to have a patch auto nope it's a decoy it's a decoy and the last one it's a decoy oh and it's a jersey card with a white swatch whoopty do <laughs> Do I like yeah, Logan but, Thompson? I mean, yes. Is the card kind of nice? Yeah. At least it's Logan Thompson and not. Yeah, you're right. It's not good. <laughs> I didn't have anything nice to say. Sorry. The fact that it's Logan Thompson is nice, but other than that, it's just not a very exciting card. Although it is like printed on like it's kind of got like a plasticky finish, the front and the back. So it's a quality card. Just my problem is, is when you spend a lot of money on a box, I know $110 isn't necessarily a lot of money. So maybe that's where all the white jersey swatches go, like 200 and under product. No, because I've seen 200 and $300 boxes open with white swatches too. So I don't think they plan it. I think it's just random, honestly. So anyways, I like the base card design. I like the fact that on the back, it's just one line of stats. I know I'm one of these old school people who want all the stats. I feel like if you're not going to do all the stats, just do the most recent year and the totals. And I'm good with that. So it has kind of like just this nice minimalist look. It's easy to read, height, weight, shoots, born, and then one year of stats, the name and the position. So it's it's just a nice, clean looking card. There are parallels of the 150 cards. They did it for 1 through 100 and then 101 through 150. There are, like I said, black, blue, gold, gold patch, green, ice blue, jersey, lavender, orange, red, and royal blue. So there's a lot of different parallels. So I got an orange parallel. Actually, I got two orange parallels, one of Ryan O'Reilly and one of Brad Marchand. Okay, not bad. Two solid players right there. I got a gold of Ducks player named Benoit Olivier Grolix, G-R-O-U-L-X. I wasn't prepared to pronounce that name. It looks like it says gruel, but there's an X on the end. And I'm like, I don't know how you, I don't know what right. you would say. I don't know. I guess um, it's French. Good guess. And then you get one green parallel per pack. Actually, I kind of like these green parallels. I like these orange parallels. 
the gold parallel almost looked like an orange parallel, but just not as bright. But it's more shimmery, if that makes sense. I like these sparkle. parallels. It looks like sparkle. Yeah, and I like these parallels. And I kind of look at these. They remind me a lot. I hate to bring it up because they're long gone, but the Panini Prism cards from 1314, and they were like the speckled ones. I forgot what they were called, but you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, they had the regular ones. They had the Prism parallel ones. Then they had the blue and the red, and then the red Prism and the blue Prism, and then green, and then cracked ice, and a million different parallels. So I look at this set, and I almost think that this could be like the heir apparent to Prism, because Prism is popular. Is there a set, a hockey set, that kind of captures people like Prism does? Maybe uh, it's think, metal? Yeah, I, mean, I don't think it's metal. I think the... I think Upper Deck's answer for that is more like Opeachy Platinum or Allure because of how many different parallels they have and how they're they're more like that. I don't even know what to call the printing, the sil that silvery, you know, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. It's not Dufax, it's whatever that silver foil board that they use. It's almost like mirror board, and they use it for both releases. And then you throw in all the myriad of colors because everybody loves rainbows for some reason. Yeah, but I look at something like this and I go, wow, this would actually be a fun set to put together. Like the green parallels, one per pack, not too tough to put together. You know, of course, me being crazy, I'd want to do like an odd mix of like green, orange and blue, basically not the numbered ones like or not the ones that are like limited. Well, blue are out of five ninety nine, but like maybe like ice blue, or maybe orange or lavender. You know what I mean? Like you could do like a variety of them. I always think that'd be fun to just have like an eclectic set where like all the border colors are different. But then again, I'm always bringing up seventy three, seventy four. I was gonna say, what are you trying to do? Duplicate seventy three, seventy four. That's exactly what I want to do, and I I always think about that whenever I open a box of cards where there's like different border colored parallels. And I go, damn, it would be cool to just have like a set where like maybe the first card on the page is blue and the second one on the page is green and the third one on the page is red and the fourth one on the page is yellow. You know what I mean? And just have like a bunch of different colors. But I don't know. That's just me. And I'm crazy. If I was paging them, I would want them to either be, I'd either want three or I'd want nine. Yeah, you said that in the past. Just yeah. like you said, you didn't want four versions of the same card. You want three or six or nine. Yeah, because it doesn't work on a page that way. Right. It throws the whole thing off. So like the right. 73, 74 set, you had yellow, red, blue, and green. So there's four, but yeah, you can kind of make the case like, you know, the first six cards or whatever were league leaders. So they were all yellow. Mm -hmm. So at least the first six on the page, if you page them they were all yellow and then it went red and blue and then red and then green and then so on and so forth okay so as long as you're showing your ocd tendencies let me ask you how do you feel about a hundred card set hate them and you know what i do what do you do one through 99 and then card number 100 gets put in the middle of the page that has 99 flipped around backward okay so 
It's the only page in the entire book that has two cards in one sleeve. Why in the middle? Because I'm not wasting another page for one card. No, but why wouldn't you put it in one of the top pockets, like where you'd expect card number 100 to be up at the top instead of putting it in the middle pocket but facing the other way? Because it's getting punished for being the last card that doesn't fit on a page by itself. Wow. So it gets stuck in the middle and it gets highlighted as this is the dumb card that shouldn't be here. Now, if it was something else like like in some of these top sets when you page them, they don't fill a full page all the way. Mm-hmm. But most of these sets have, depending on the year, they'll have like team stickers. So wherever the last card ends, that's where I pick up the team stickers. Everybody does that, but okay. The all-star stickers or whatever, and I'll pick them up from that point forward. But the same thing happens when I do my team binders, because I have my team binders done by year by manufacturer. And I have plenty of upper deck ones where I don't really know how to do it because it's like you have base card, you have the gold parallels, you have the speckled rainbow parallels. So do I do all the base cards till I get filled and then do all the next ones? Or do I do in the first slot goes the base card, the next slot is the rainbow, the next slot is the speckled? Some years I've done that. Other years I don't. It's just a matter of what I have. And then I go and look and I'll be like, oh, great. Well, there's 21 players in the checklist. How am I supposed to do that? 21. Okay, well, if I'm going to do 21, if there's 21, now I have to do base card, rainbow, you know, speckled Mm -hmm. or or exclusive or French version or whatever I decide, then I have to do it that way because I can divide 21 by three evenly and I need Mm -hmm. seven pages. So it's got to be something like that. No, I get it. Uniform. Like, for instance, like, I've had sets where I have the English version and the French version. Not a big set, like like pro set or upper deck, but like a small set. Say, like, perfect example, 9192 classic draft picks that had the green borders. Yes. There's the English version and there's the French version. So, like, I'll put all the English versions in the pages and then I'll put all the French versions in, like, pages, right? So one after the other. Or, like, say, like, 94, 95 classic there was the gold set that had like the team name but it was running in gold letters down the side so like for that i did like the regular version like the whole set and then the gold version the whole set because i think it was like 100 cards and 100 cards or something like that but not too long ago i tracked down a complete 94 95 gold score hockey set if you remember the gold cards back in 94 95 score hockey were one per pack so I, I tracked down the full gold set, and I had all the platinum ones already. Those were like a mail away. We could do a whole show on 94-95 score. In fact, we probably should, because it's just such an odd, messed up set because of the NHL lockout and then the mail away platinum sets and so on and so forth. So then I was like, well, I already have my set in pages. And I think I had my platinum set in pages, but now I'm like, well, now I got the gold set. I'm like, well... Wouldn't it be cool to do them three across or do I do the regular set, then the gold set, then the platinum set? And I just put it in like a big three inch binder or do I do like 
card one regular, card one gold, card one platinum, card two regular, card two gold, card two platinum. And that's what I ended up deciding to do. But part of the problem is, is that there are some cards that don't have platinum versions because they didn't do that with the World Junior Championship cards. Yeah. So then it's like, well, what do I do? Do I leave those pockets blank? Because I like having them three across. Like, here's the regular version. Here's the gold version. Here's the platinum version. But then I'm like, uh, I'll figure something out. And actually what I ended up doing was the platinum sets come with a little certificate that says this platinum team set is limited out of 1,994 copies or something like that. And so I basically just use that to fill the space. Like, I think one side is actually black. So I think I put some black side out and I put some certificate side out just because I had to put something in there. So whatever. Collectors were weird in that way. We have our little idiosyncrasies on how we do things and why we do things the way we do. What I do with the 100 cards, though, is that I will fill those other eight pockets on that last page, which is like blank index cards that are cut to size. So it's just blank? Like yeah. The rest of the page is just blank, white? Yeah, unless there's insert cards I could put in there, then I'll start the insert sets. Otherwise, I just put them blank white, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like pages cost too much for me to waste them. <laughs> I understand, I yeah. Prime example, like you said, there's one, you know, they didn't make certain cards. Like, I can't remember what which one it is, but there were some years on the checklist, like the Kevin Stevens card got missed for whatever the Penguin checklist was. And I can't mm-hmm. think of what it is off the top of my head right now. But in the page where it would normally be, I wrote on a piece of paper that the Kevin Stevens card was never made, but it would belong here. And I stuck mm-hmm. it in the stuck it in the sleeve so that's what i did no but that's different because that's one thing missing and then i went on from there and filled in the rest but when it comes to doing like a set where it's not something i'm making up my own rules on yeah i definitely don't waste a page on just one card if i don't have to so tying this back to ice, which is what the topic we're supposed to be on. Oh, yeah, we were talking about ice. Sorry. So, yeah, because ice, like in the past when I picked up a base set for like 10 bucks or whatever, and it'd be like, oh, 100 cards and 99 cards. And OK, now this 100th card is going to go in either in its own page like I do, or you're going to just put it on the back of the other page like how you do. And that's fine. Some of the other inserts, though, they got one insert called Sub-Zero which has like this kind of like cracked ice purple background. That's kind of neat. Those have been around for a couple of years. Yeah, they're definitely an insert that I could do without. But one insert that I really like, this actually gave me pause. I did a double take. It's called Shrines. And it has like a mini puck and it has like a mini photo. And they're both put on a piece of the PETG plastic. And what it kind of looks like at first glance is like when you get like one of those puck and card holder displays, like a company like BCW makes a puck and card holder display that like you put in a hockey card, you put in a puck next to it. And that's kind of what it looks like a little bit. Although the puck is overlapping the photo, the photo doesn't, I guess the photo could kind of look like a little hockey card if you think about it. At first I'm like, oh, is that a little Sidney Crosby autograph? He must have used a teeny tiny little pen. But no, it just looks like it's signed, but it's a facsimile. But 
it's a pretty cool card. I mean, it has all the bells and whistles. It's got die cutting. It's got foil board. And it's got plastic. So it does the things, you know. Checks all the boxes. Checks all the boxes. It's pretty cool. And another one that I like. Is that reminds me, by the oh. way, of the team yeah. checklist from various Pacific releases. In oh, the yeah. the 90s, early 2000s. Because they used to do that, too. They'd make, like, a big puck shape with, like, mm-hmm. the team logo or whatever. And then a small picture of the player. Sometimes they were die cut. A couple years they weren't, but most of them were. I remember those. Those are pretty cool. And then um, Pacific was always the innovators of the die cutting. They did it on everything, sometimes too much. Speaking of which, then we have crystals. Crystals, yes. Which kind of use these jaggedy, it's like a uh, like a crystal shape, kind of like a leaf, but not a leaf, but you know, like kind of like I don't know how you describe it. You'll see the pictures in the further down where we have the links in the pictures. Kind of does so the, look like a maple leaf. It's cool though. I look at this insert and I go, this is cool. That's cool. The shrines is cool. The sub is okay. I mean, you do get one autograph per box, or at least I got one autograph per box, and it was a sub-zero rookie of a Capitals player named Alexei Protas. What do you know about Alexei Protas, Tim? I know nothing. Nothing? Absolutely nothing. Hmm. Yeah, I know that's sad. That's why I said when I saw your auto, I was like, oh, cool. Like, hi, I'm in Delaware. Nope. He, uh, well, he spent 58 games. Let's see. So this is a 21-22 Yeah, I was going to say, keep in mind, it's a couple years old. So 21-22, he split time between Hershey and Washington. Played 33 games with the big club. Last year, he only spent nine games in Hershey, spent 58 games in Washington, 15 points in 58 games. Okay, he's a center. So at least he's playing in the NHL and not the KHL. Although that could all change, you know, in a heartbeat. They all can't be, you know, Kirill Kaprizov or Moritz Sider or Lucas Raymond or Mason McTavish or Cole Caulfield or Trevor Zegras, right? Like sometimes you get other players. And you wait and see how they they shape up. Is it a nice looking card? Yes. Is it a nice autograph? Yeah. You know what? It's on card. People tend to like that. It's funny that it's on card, but it's on card in like a little white area that almost looks like a sticker, but isn't. Yeah. It's like the pre-designated sign here spot. Right. Please sign in here. Do not exceed the shape of the box. It's always funny when they have like an area for the player to sign and they either ignored it or just didn't notice it. And they just kind of signed wherever they want. And then the blank area or the faded area where they were supposed to sign, they didn't. It's just kind of funny when that happens. I saw that a lot on uh, some cards by another manufacturer during a couple years that they were allowed to manufacture. I won't name names because they don't pay me to name their name. Gotcha. You're not paid to endorse. (laughs) Now a word from our sponsor. Log. It's big. It's heavy. It's wood. It's log. What sits on stairs, alone or in pairs, it's log. It's log. So, okay, Ren and Stimpy reference aside. I just dated myself on that one. Well, I'm dating no one, so you got me beat. I like this set. I'm tempted to get more of it. 
Well, Why? It's a big statement. Well, I know, right? If I go after sets, it's either sets that I'm I'm all in on building, like upper deck. You know, I'll have a base set, and I'll be like, well, that's okay. I'll make another base set and keep chasing the young guns, right? And that's what we do, right? We end up with more base cards than we need, but we're after those short prints. This kind of set, I feel like I could buy a couple boxes, and I would be happy building a base set, happy building the base rookies, happy getting a bunch of the green parallels, and then trading away the inserts. Yeah, right, as if that happens. But sometimes I trade with people. Actually, I I trade with people a lot on Twitter, which is fun. And, like, maybe getting a couple of good autographs. Like, if you get an autograph per box, you might get someone good. I mean, especially since there are players from previous years. I mean, you got 2021, so that kind of becomes a, not to paraphrase your pun, but an alluring prospect to get some older cards mixed in there as well that might have some value or desirability. So I like the set. I mean, the thing is, is that if you want to spend like a hundred bucks, 110, you get an autograph, you get a Jersey card, you get some die cuts, you get a couple of the ice rookie premieres. Uh, And like you said, those do tend to have secondary market value. They're definitely not like, thrown in with like the OPGs and the MVPs of the rookie card cast system. Right. They're higher up there. I mean, they're not future watch autos, but they're the right card. I mean, it could be a young gun level rookie. Yeah. They're maybe not young gun level. They're not cup level. They're not future watch level, but they would definitely be fourth, maybe fifth. But they're higher up than your OPG marquee rookies. They are. Like I said before, the bigger players still carry premiums because people want them. I mean, there is demand for that. Let's put it this way. You're not going to find those rookie cards thrown in a discount box very often. No, I don't think I've ever seen. Oh, you know what? Oh, five, oh, six ice. But that was crazy because people busted so much of that product. And basically anybody that wasn't Crosby or Ovechkin or maybe a select few other players got tossed in the quarter boxes. But then again, that set had an enormously large checklist. Yeah, and you had a double rookie class with that too. Right. And they're still breaking that because I don't know if you saw, somebody had a case of that. Wow. Of ice at the National. I don't know if it sold or if they opened it or what, but somebody showed a picture of it. So what do you think? Is this something you're going to go after or just the Penguins and that's it? Because I'm definitely going to try to get a base set one way or another and the base rookie set. And if I could get the green ones, I'll do it. And if it's super hard, I probably won't do it. But one per pack ain't too bad. I'll do the pens. I'm not going to chase this set. The base cards, as much as they're different from some of the other ice, like like I said, the 2021 design looks vaguely familiar. Mm -hmm. This one's a little different. Doesn't really do it for me, though. I like it, but I'm not going to go out of my way to go after it. But I'll definitely try to get the Penguin cards that I can. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what you do. That's fun because not only is it you collecting your team, but you also kind of get a sampling of, like, all the sets that are out there. So you say, okay, you know what? I don't have every single hockey card made, or I don't have every single set that's out there, but I have at least a sample from every set that's out there. 
I do have a lot of samples, that's for sure. That's kind of cool too, you know? And we talk about this with player collecting and team collecting. It's like you make your own rules, you shape your own collection. It's kind of a little bit like coloring outside the lines, but still with some guidance, if that makes sense. Where I color, there are no lines. Those lines have been long blurred. I make my own lines. I think that's just your vision makes the lines blurry. Yeah, my sugar's a little high. That's probably why. Oh, okay. You're not myopic like me. Myopic? No. no. You know, needs glasses. Can only see the thing that's right in front of them. <laughs> yeah, no. All right, I think we should wrap this one up. I think we've said everything that we can say about ice. It's cold. There, we didn't say that. Ice is cold. All right, well, thank you for listening to the Puck Junk Hockey Podcast. If you get a moment, please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to this podcast. Also, subscribe to the Puck Junk newsletter at puckjunk.com slash newsletter. And until next time, collect what you like. For more hockey goodness, follow us on Twitter at Puck Junk.